There's a lot of chit chat online of Versant Health. It's the combination of Davis Vision and Superior Vision, and they provide coverage for more than 33 million Americans. That's a lot of people. And as you can imagine, that is a pretty tedious task to provide vision benefits and medical care to all those deserving members of a lot of major corporations, including Sprint, GE, and a lot of U.S. government employees. We understand that there's a lot of frustration behind Versant Health, the new laboratory, not getting through on phone calls, not being able to use the portal, but I think this podcast will change your views of what Versant Health is trying to do for the industry. Believe it or not, Versant Health is the only managed care company that does not have retail stores or an online presence competing against you. I know it sounds crazy, but Versant Health is trying to transform the industry and it's undergoing a makeover and you need to be patient. In this podcast, we're interviewing Scott Hamey. Scott is the Vice President of Strategy and Manufacturing and he oversees strategy development, manufacturing, and network operations at Versant Health. I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear from Versant Health about their struggles, and they're open and transparent, and I think you'll find this podcast refreshing as we dive into the details behind a part of the industry that we get frustrated about, but in the end, these companies are ran by humans, and there's a lot of good change happening, and I hope you enjoy this refreshing, positive attitude we would like to put behind Versant. I know many of you listening to this podcast about Versant Health are extremely frustrated and it's having negative impacts on your practice in terms of getting your patients the five-star customer service they really value. And you want to put a lot of blame on Versant Health, as you should. We all rely on our vision care, managed care partners to provide excellent customer service. And when they can't provide that, we cannot provide it to our patients. So Versant Health has been kind enough to put a link in our show notes of this podcast where you can provide valuable feedback directly to Scott Hamey, who we will be interviewing. So go to the link in the show notes. It's a simple form you can fill out with your practice information, phone number, NPI, and write them a message, tell them exactly how you feel. I want to make sure that you realize that entrepreneur, we like to keep things positive. Uh, eye care is a fabulous field. Um, it involves fashion, function, uh, eyewear, eye care, health, mental wellness, and just feeling good. So when you're typing those comments, make sure to keep it productive, positive, and we can work better as an industry together when we collaborate. Welcome to Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes. I'm Dr. Raymond Brill with my co-host, Harry Brill, and we're here to bring you stories about Wizards of Eyes. Yes, what is a wizard, Dr. Brill? Well, these are folks that you may have heard about, may not have heard about. These are people who are actually very successful in doing what they do in all aspects of eye care. We're not talking to self-proclaimed industry geniuses, experts, masters, or gurus. 
because we're talking to wizards of eyes that make it happen each and every day. They are out there working every day in the labs, on the road, in the practices, in surgery suites, making lenses, making frames. Yes, we want to hear these back-of-the-house stories about innovation, entrepreneurship, and make you feel excited to do what you do. We want you to be energized about the whole eye care field. And this is not your big optical program. This is done out of the passion of our hearts. Please go ahead and subscribe to Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or your favorite app. Also, visit Entrepreneur.com where you'll find our latest blogs and special video content. That's www.eyetrepreneur.com. Today, we're pleased to have on the Entrepreneur Podcast, Scott Haney. He is the Executive Vice President of Strategy for Versant Health. Good day, Scott. How's things going in San Antonio? Great. Nice to be on. All right. So today, we're going to talk about all things Davis Vision and Superior. And we are going to find out what's going on with Versant Health. So, Scott, maybe you could start us off by... Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got involved with healthcare and this company. Um, I don't know the day that I got involved in healthcare and why, but um, it's been about 20 years now. And I started out at Cole Managed Vision in Ohio, spent most of my career there. And then about eight years ago, moved to San Antonio, um, worked for Davis Vision and now Verson Health. I think I started, again, I think because I was, trying to get a job, and, but then once we got into it and, and saw the good that it can do, especially giving back in the community um, and you know the importance of eye health and wellness, it, it just stuck with me. Oh, that's great. Sounds like you've had good opportunities there. Absolutely. So Scott, uh, this is Perry. Um, I want to get a little background into Versant Health and Davis and Superior and kind of establish you know, the relationship in the industry. There's been a lot of just managed care changes in general over the past decade. So can you give us a little background of the company? Yeah, I'm going to go back a little bit, probably uh, um, two years ago. Um, Davis Vision was owned by Highmark Health, uh, the blues plant out of uh, Pennsylvania. And they own both uh, VisionWorks and Davis Vision. And late 2017, Davis Vision was sold to Centerbridge Partners uh, that already owned Superior Vision. Um, and together, Davis Vision and Superior Vision uh, established the parent company of Versant Health. So that happened in, in 2017. And over the past year and a half, we've been you know, integrating the two companies of Superior and Davis from, you know, from culture to you know, HR systems, whatever it might be. We've been spending a lot of time uh, uh, bringing those two t- companies together. Okay. What was the purpose of the Superior Davis merger? Was it just a... Uh have better resources or you guys had some commonalities? Um, I think a little bit of both. So um, Superior Vision uh, played in certain segments of the market, um, smaller smaller uh, groups, commercial groups, employer groups. Um, Medicaid was a commonality that we had between Davis and Superior. And Davis had some third-party relationships like the Blues Plans, things like that. So 
they didn't step on each other's toes a lot, a lot so it was a nice uh, fit together. Okay. Perfect. So um, in the managed care environment, um, you know, there's a few big players. Uh, you guys are, Versant Health is one of them. So how do you kind of stand out in that, uh, that marketplace? Yeah, I think, um, I think we, I mean, we have Versant Health. I mean, we, we, we put the parent company as Versant Health for a reason. Um, we do spend a lot of time in the government space, Medicaid, Medicare. Uh, we have a medical management uh, division. Uh, so we're really focused more on the health side of the business, you know, eye health and wellness, you know, annual eye exam. So we're really focused there. I think the other thing that makes us different is we're that now that we're under Versant Health and, and, you know, Davis is not a part of VisionWorks or associated with uh, VisionWorks. Um, so we have no retail, um, affiliate. We have no frame affiliate. So it gives us a little more freedom to participate with our eye care professionals how we would like to. Yeah, maybe we could go through that because I remember Viva Frame Company had something to do with Davis and then there was a relationship with Vision Works. So um, can you got, do you know that history to go through that with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to remember the exact years, but Highmark, again, the blues plant out of Pennsylvania, owned all three of those at one point, um, acquired them at slightly different times. Um, but then Viva was sold to uh, Markelin, shoot, probably a, a year or two after I started or before I started, so probably seven, eight years ago. Um, could be wrong on that date. But And then, like I said, once uh, Highmark sold Davis to Centerbridge Partners, um, and as you may be aware, VisionWorks was recently... Um, merged with uh, BSP. Yeah, so that's we're, that's we're completely separate from Viva or VisionWorks now um, as Davis Vision, and we're part of um, the parent company Versant Health with Superior Vision. So you're kind of cleaner now, so to speak. Absolutely. In a, pri in a private uh, practitioner's standpoint, you're you're more pure uh, managed care vision. Correct. That's correct. Which is interesting, you know. You became you became less vertical, almost. Yeah, less vertical. We did, and it's some, you know, and sometimes that uh, makes you nervous because there's a lot of levers, you know, other companies can pull, maybe from a product standpoint or um, uh, a network standpoint. But I think it, it it made me feel good as part of strategy that um, I could focus on true managed care uh, versus worrying about you know, who's in the network and who's not in the network from, uh, from the retail side of things. Yeah. You know, with managed care, we have what we call a lot of frenemies. So managed care, they feed us patients uh, and that's a marketing expense for us. Um, but there's, there's, there's always a fine line of, you know, are they going online to that managed care's uh, website to buy glasses? So it looks like you guys are trying to uh, prevent that. And Do have you have your own uh, patient portal or patient online web store for them to buy glasses where if we request uh, benefits that you automatically market to them and say, hey, buy them from us direct or anything like that? Uh, buy them from the eye care professionals direct or buy them from Davis or Superior versus Health direct? Yeah, buy them from Davis, Superior versus Health direct. No. Because there are some companies out there who shall remain nameless, some of those three-letter companies. I'm told that if you, as soon as you request benefits, they start marketing to, that, to their member 
I, I think with their intention to help us, but you know, it doesn't always seem that way. So, you know, do you have one of those? We do not have our own um, online store, if you will, or online retailer um, that is direct for Davis or Superior. All right. So um, thanks for the background there. Uh, I want to move into kind of the state of the eye care profession right now. Um, you know, it seems very crowded. Um, a lot of, you know, doctors think it's doom and gloom out there and they're trying to figure out ways to stay profitable. Um, reimbur- stay in business. Stay in business, right. And, you know, reimbursements haven't gone up since, I don't know, how, how long have you been practicing, Dr. Brill? Uh, 41 years. 41 years. Okay. And have reimbursements gone up? Uh, I don't think so. But so we're always concerned. You know, we have to figure our out expenses have gone up. Right, everything's gone up. But I think we're generally told the opportunities are in the material side of it. Which, but I don't know about that. You know, when you can get glasses for six dollars and ninety-five cents. You know, uh, there's a lot of stiff competition out there. And even with managed care, we're having patients that are bypassing their whole managed care benefit plan, we might say, you got a $400 benefit, kind of like a $400 gift card, yet they'd rather go to still- an online company or to Warby Parker, Zenny, any of those other places. And I think, and no convincing will help them. The more you try to convince them, the more they dig in, that they're not going to use the benefit they paid for. It doesn't even make sense, but it makes sense to them. Yeah. So, so talk us th- through the utilization of vision plans for patients. And, you know, is there still opportunities for optometrists and opticians to have great careers? Um, I think so. I think the, you know, I, I don't want to get into the beta, uh, debate on managed care because everybody has strong opinions. I think that vision is a little bit different than dental and medical in the sense that, you know, we want to drive utilization, which is a little counterintuitive when you're in the insurance space, right? Um, we want to drive the, the right utilization into the right providers, right? In-network, um, I mean, the goal is a volume play, right? Get more people to sign up for benefits and use benefits. Uh, manage care um, across the all the companies that do manage vision care, we cover about half the United States, right? But there's another half that isn't covered and the whole point of managed care is they're more likely to use if they have a managed care benefit. So I think it's two and a half times more likely to use. So that's the point. And so I think there is an opportunity to keep driving more and more members to have a slash patients to have a benefit to go in and get their eye exam. And like you guys said earlier, it's, it's given us a little more freedom and now in our new um, structure that we can help push exams and the importance of the exam. Okay, so how many lives are under management now? Is it? So under, under Versa and Health, we have 33 million members. That's a lot. So where does that put you in the, in the ranking among the other uh, competitors for Versa and Health? We are the third largest. We have third largest. Than, yeah. than, than, than us. Okay, so I, it doesn't seem right that you're trying to get people to use the benefits. I mean, how, how does that, because generally utilization is what? What is your utilization percentage? Do you have that? Um, the utilization percentage can vary dramatically depending on the plan design and co-pays and things like that. Um, I, I would say we're trying to generate the 
utilization, we want people to see the value, like you said, of having a vision benefit. And if they, if only a third of their members use it at an employer a year, they might not see the value in it. So we're trying to drive it to the, to a higher number than that, you know, at least, at least get them in there, you know, closer to the forties and fifties. I see. So it's about 30% or so. I'd say for an average plan, but again, it can vary dramatically. So is there any, uh, abatement or or uh, or actually rebates back to the employer you know based on utilization at all um no i think you get in a very um um that's kind of a blind that you have to walk with from an insurance standpoint and compliance standpoint so <clears throat> you got to be careful with those incentives back to employers yeah because i was always wondering you know general electric huge company it's actually its own mutual fund right so, and we see their white collar workers and we see their, their blue collar workers. And it seems like the white collar workers have a blue collar plan. And they're always wondering why do they have, you know, uh, what they perceive a lower end plan. I know that's what they chose, but you know, yeah, so I, I hear the employees saying, yeah, they probably get a, they probably get a rebate at the, on the back end. And cause to imagine to negotiate with GE, I mean, it's probably tough. Actually, GE is one of our clients. And, right. I know. Uh, that's why I mentioned it. GE is a you know, fantastic client. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're GE. So um, you know, we have a few clients like that that are, you know, they're big names and, and, and there's high expectations. But I would say for 99% of the business that we do with employers, um, they dictate the plan to us that they would like to be quoted. But um, it's their it's their call at the end of the day of what they want the plan design to be. So when you're when you're at companies like GE or Sprint, uh, which they're headquartered right here in Kansas City or in Overland Park, um, do these HR benefit managers know actually what anti-reflective is and high index? Are they just looking for the cheapest plan? Because uh, you know we see the frustration of patients that come in sometimes. They think that. You know they think their corporate employer really cares for them, but in the end sometimes they just they just got to get their staff some type of benefit and it's not always in the best interest of the patient. So how do you guys kind of educate these employers saying, look, you know, these are the, the wonderful specs of lenses that are available. Here's what they provide for the patients, you know, get rid of glare. Uh, how do you go through that process? I was actually at the sprint finalist meeting. Um, so th- uh, that was a very good meeting. And I would say for the most part, companies will start to focus, they'll focus on price first um, and they'll focus on network second. Those are the two biggest, two biggest things. But the important thing that we try to get across in the managed care space is you can't just think about price from a premium that you're going to pay, especially if it's a voluntary benefit and the employee's paying for it out of their paycheck. You need to look at the spend when they walk into the, into the office, right? Um, whether it's a spend on copays or whether it's a spend on the lens options like AR, um, the, you know, and that's a, something we try to make very, very clear. So we educate them. They might not all be educated on the lens options when you walk in the door, but that is part of the presentation that we do to say, you need to be aware of this because this is expense associated with, um, your, your associates and they don't want to walk in thinking they have a benefit and spend $300 out of pocket and be surprised if they will, if you spend $300, you want to know you're going to spend $300. So, um, we do educate them on that, those features. Okay. That's good to know. Um, getting back to utilization, how do you kind of probe 
these patients to get in the doors of um, offices? Are you calling, texting, emailing? How do you? You're talking about the, of their companies. Yeah. How do you get a patient to use their benefit? You know, what are you guys doing out there? Um, we proactively um, have information on our member portal. We give them um, this day and age. Not a lot of people give out, you know, dental vision cards anymore. But when they uh, join the plan, we have a welcome kit and materials that we give them to start the plan, like a card, vision card. Uh, we have annual open enrollment sessions where we educate them. And then we do whatever the, else the employers or health plans would like us to do from an educational and communication standpoint. Okay. That makes sense. Do you, do you, so you guys don't have a retail operation then. I mean, you don't say go to Costco or anything like that. Or, I mean, is it just yep. private practitioners now? Well, our network has retailers in it, but we don't oh, it have, okay. we don't have um, an affiliate to that we try to direct people to. Okay, so yeah, because we're told by other, uh, other managed care companies that they have to have a retail outlet. And if they don't have a retail outlet, they won't be able to sell the plan. And then it seems that different standards are applied to the retail outlets compared to the private practices. So, so no, no, you're not pushing a retail outlet? No, not at all. <clears throat> okay. So, um, I want to get back to the utilization there. Um, so w when patients are coming in, how do we manage their expectations? Because they think, I've got everything covered. I get a free pair of glasses. Everything's free. And then we have to be the bad ones to bring them down to reality that they have choices and that it's going to be really at a very, very good price to them, or as you might say, the spend, uh, and that we, we providers make very little money on it. I mean, it, it seems like the perception is that they come to private practice, no matter what, it's going to be more expensive. So um, how do we save that patient and get them to use their benefit? Um, I'd love to brainstorm on that with you someday. Um, but we want them to use their benefit. We're educating them with um, marketing materials and our, our website and, and things like that. I think that um, the other thing that we're doing is is we're trying to tell them up front that this is what your spend would be for lens options like anti-reflective coating or polycarbonate or whatever it might be. So, and we've given them benefit calculators. We try to give them every education we can so they will know what they spend when they walk in the door. If there's other ideas, I'd love to, like I said, brainstorm okay. with you about it. That's funny, I just wrote that down as I was taking notes about a benefit calculator. So one of the things that I've always dreamed of is uh, a benefit calculator inside the office to increase transparency because when we're pricing things in the office, sometimes, it, you know, when you, we tell patients, look, you can go to me or you can go to the guy down the street. We're going to be the exact same price. And for the exact same product. For the exact same product. So if you want a premium as reflective and a premium progressive, it's going to be, you know, 60 bucks for that and a hundred for this. Yep. And um, it'd be nice to just get on the Versant Health website, type in those numbers, and it just the patients would find relief. Or let them type it. Because sometimes let them type it in on their phone. Right. You so, know, so, well, this is bad to say, but patients sometimes think us as the doctors and opticians, we're the crooks because we're the right. ones collecting the money. Yeah. Maybe you should have a shabby part of our office, okay, create a shabby place so we can say, this is your, <laughs> this is, well, you know, I mean, Look at Walmart creates uh, an ambiance that's more what impact, which means everything's, you know, you can't hardly walk between the aisles and the clothes and all that. 
and we have a where I live, we have a Target right next to a Walmart, and and the, and there's such a disparity between the appearance of the consumers in each store and between you know the appearance of the store. Although the pricing is very very similar, so maybe maybe they don't like coming into a nice office. Maybe they want a shabby office that gives them the ambiance of cheap. I don't know. I I don't want to make it a shabby office, but. Um, so we so because maybe it's it, maybe it's a disparity there or a mismatch between um, having a, a budget you know a budget plan where they can get glasses inexpensively at a nice office. I think so. the I think the benefit calculator is is important, like I said, and we have that out there um, on our website for the members to access. Um, you mentioned the the portal, uh, Perry, and I think one of the, the things the benefit calculator made me think about it is that one of the features that's being added to the, the, the portal that Davis vision or superior vision did not have before is a benefit calculator that oh, good. Would be specific to that member and that plan. So that's uh, a feature that's not there currently, but will be there. I think it's in the release for January. Uh, if, uh, okay, great. Long, I'm sure somebody will let me know, but um, that's going to give patient by patient client by client, uh, benefit calculator on the fly, so your your okay. staff can can do that without having to have a pen and paper there to add up poly and AR and all the features of that benefit plan. All right, so let's move on to 2020, the year of the eye exam. I just read a headline um, in one of the email newsletters from the, one of the magazines, and the AOA is making a big push uh, publicly to make it the year of the eye exam because of 2020. Right, right. So Davis Vision, uh, I want to get let's get into the lab, the optical part. Uh, we're, we're optical snobs here at uh, Entrepreneur, and um, you guys have recently changed your laboratory operations. I know you had one in New York uh, previously, and you own that lab. Uh, walk us through the background of that lab, uh, what happened. I think you closed it, and you've made a, a big we'll transition. So. Yeah. yeah, so Davis Vision specifically um, had a manufacturing model similar to other competitors out there. Um, but the difference to your point was it was the labs that were in that lab network were owned or affiliated. Um, the lab you're talking about closed a, a while ago. We uh, closed that one because at the time we were affiliate, affiliated with VisionWorks and there was a lab here in Texas, um, new state of the art lab. So we still had two labs. One, the other one is in Phil Philadelphia, outside Philadelphia. So that was Davis Vision's lab network. Um, two labs, one owned, one affiliated. And then, um, you know, then we, we listen to providers and we've been hearing them say we need more lab choice. We need more product choice. Um, you know, I came, you know, through different managed care entities <laughs> um, to Davis. So I, I know that perception. And so uh, that was my, my number one job. Um, as part of Versant Health is to what should we be doing for our eye care professionals in that space? Right. So, so why, you know, I, we're a Davis Vision provider um, and the, the lab, don't take this wrong way, had horrible manufacturing quality and horrible customer service. And, you know, obviously you guys, you knew that at the time. Um, so, you know, what took so long for change? I think it, I, I think it was changing, but I think if you build up you know, 20 years of something that hasn't been as, as satisfactory as you would like it, it's hard to change that perception overnight. I think the, the two facilities, um, you know, the last few years have actually been, 
uh, had good tur- good turnaround time and quality. You know, as part of my job, like I said, was to come in and change it for the better. And so that's where we um, reached out to eye care professionals, got their input on what would make it better. You know, it, is it a lab, a broader lab network? Is it more products? You know, of course it was both. Um, so that's where we focused and we wanted to make sure we picked a partner that, you know, could guarantee us, you know, good turnaround times to your point and, and great quality. So that's, uh, that's what we started to build. Okay. So, uh, we don't hold grudges against labs. I know a lot of people will say, well, I used this lab in 1994 and I'll never use them again. I'm thinking, well, it's, it's 2020 now. You know, right. it's, they've had 25 years to change. So maybe you can give someone another shot. Um, you know, it was, it was always frustrating as an optician. Uh, you know, I would call the, you know, you call a lab and I would speak to a, a phone representative rather than talking to an optician about my seg height. And, um, we, want, we don't want to talk to an order taker. We want to talk to someone that fundamentally knows optics. So um, I know you guys have a new strategy. So uh, walk us through that. Okay. So the, like, like I said, in a May of 19, I think we uh, announced the eyewear dispensing program, which again is the lab model, if you will. Uh, we explored with eye care professionals. We had many focus groups, surveys, to get their feedback on what is the right model for them, um, who is the right partner, what are the right products. So the model that we put in place, um, and we'll talk about that in a second of how that rolled out, but um, the model that we put in place, we put dozens of labs, I think we're up to 74 labs across the country. Um, They can choose any lab they'd like. The other thing that we did is we made, we expanded the product choice. So we have all the latest technology. So the, from the highest end digital product to, you know, more conservative progressive that for the, the, the value buyer, um, we got the, all the blue light protection, you know, anything that um, is available out there. We, I think we've added, uh, hopefully we didn't miss anything. And if we did, we, it's, we have a dynamic partner that can add those. Um, we've also made sure that those labs that are in our lab network have to meet strict turnaround time and quality standards. And we're keeping an eye on that weekly. And to be upfront, we've actually taken a couple labs out of that lab network uh, because they weren't meeting our standards. What's a, for a uh, premium lens, let's say a progressive with top tier AR, what should be a turnaround? Um, our goal is 95% of those will be turned around in five days. Okay. So that, that's, that's quality. Yeah, I would expect that. Um, so I, I think I might've read in the headlines, are you guys using an Essilor lab network or how do you, you know, how do you vet these labs? Um, that's correct. Okay. Is that now it sounds that that sounds like you got, you guys are using a frenemy. We are, but uh, again, we went out to the providers and, and we asked them, you know, we said, okay, what, you know, we, we, we put different manufacturers out there. We put different combinations of manufacturers out there. We took into account cost to our members though, right? We, we, we got to take that into account as well. And it just made the most sense. It was what providers wanted the most. Okay. So with this, this new um, lab model, do you guys have the same uh, chargebacks? I think you guys call it a surfy. Uh, um, so talk to us about that. Um, the surfy is the payment to provider. Okay. So we, we have, I think that's maybe what's most important here. So right. we have changed some of those. Um, we didn't take anything down. So 
Uh, Dr. Brill's comment about raising reimbursements. We didn't take anything down. We actually took some of them up and we've added other features, other product that um, will give the eye care professionals a, a greater opportunity to earn uh, on those other products that were added. So uh, do you have an in-office finishing program? Um, right now, we do not have an in-office finishing program. That is the next thing on our list uh, that has come up through this testing process of the new model is that we need to have one. And um, we're not opposed to that at all because the, the opportunity there is that you don't have to send a frame in and wait, and wait for the frame to get from the doctor's office to the, to the manufacturing facility. So that takes time out of the turnaround time. I'd love to get more input from the provider community on okay. the right uncut or in-office finishing program would be. We have a wonderful edger. We've trained our staff and we're pumping out lenses. We stock all the materials. So there's, and we have, we want to have great in-office service. Amazon Prime one day for Real Life Center. Uh, <laughs> 10 minutes. So yeah. yeah and that's just a, that's just a quality thing we need to do just, ser just to be service oriented. And there are people who have emergencies. And, you know, for that person that has a beautiful frame, a beautiful Lindbergh frame, you know, they don't want to send that thing off, you know, and it seems like right. we, forced, we forced them to buy a new frame, which so we're, we're, we're kind of hurting ourselves in some way. But, you know, it's all about the experience in office experience. And if we can help them by, you know, letting them wait while we um, surface, while we, no, we don't surface where we edge their lenses. I mean, that just makes us look better, hopefully. And I've mentioned this to the people at VSP and I meant, why doesn't anybody have like a premium program where they say, look at, we got a law firm. These, these lawyers bill out 500, 600, $700 an hour. They make a ton of money and they don't want a cheap plan. They want something that's like really good, maybe with premium service, maybe with delivery, you know, just really amp up the model uh, so that, yeah, they're willing to pay a little bit more. They'll still save a lot, but, and you perhaps you'd have to limit your network to um, people that might meet some, you know, quality standards, but or who want to do that. But why not go for the high end? I think that goes back to your question on you know the plan design, and we we recommend different designs, and we cater that to the demographics of the employer that's asking. But at the end of the day, they choose. So we we will we'll promote. Uh, higher end product, uh, high, buy, a high, buy a higher cost frame, include progressive, include AR, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, they choose. We don't. So uh, maybe I was thinking maybe like a whole separate tier of a program, but we'd have to probably talk off, we, we offer offline that. on that. We offer, we, have, we offer customized networks. We offer okay. uh, a high low. So if you take, exam for example, um, I'm sure you guys see the federal employees program. They have a high yes. plan and they have a low plan. So we okay. offer some, we do offer. The, I, I think what Dr. Brill is talking about is you have to have certain qualities of care standards. So you have to have Optimap, OCT, visual field, topographer. And by having these items, um, you qualify for a more petition premium subscriber of yours. Absolutely. Okay. So talk about Optimap. Uh, are there some programs you say, look, it's included in there. I mean, they're actually paying for it, but. It's included, so we won't have to tell people. Oh, look at it, it's thirty nine dollars. Your your insurance cover covers it, but it's thirty nine dollars copay, or however you want to say it. Or it's not included, but it's thirty nine dollars, or or I guess people could charge as little as possible. But 
that might seem like it would make things a little easier over the country for those of us who do a retinal photo or OptiMap. Um, any thoughts to that? Yeah, again, I, th I think it comes back to the uh, employer. Do we show what the additional options to have them covered would be? We'd love people to buy the richest plan. There's nothing um, we would like better. Okay, so uh, what, let's get into the current um, struggles. There are a lot of uh, practitioners, opticians, everyone's a lot of people complaining online about the current changes that are going with your IT infrastructure. Um, so hold times on the phone have been really heavy, eight hours, 20 hours, no answers. Yeah, we only had to wait three hours for you to get on the line for this call. So not, <laughs> not, not, and we're recording this very early in the morning. So now we're right, just kidding. Right. We're just yes. kidding here. So we, yes. you guys actually have been very you actually good. Answer, you answered the phones. You've been responsive to our requests. But, but you, you know, people are posting now online their, uh, the time on hold, seven, really seven and eight hours, unless they're faking it. But I don't know why they would do that. But that's right. just, that, that's unreasonable. I mean, it's just unreasonable. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for, I, um, for me, I've never done a podcast before. So this was an opportunity for us to go on and be as transparent with our providers and our eye care professionals as we can. And the, the rollout, we did, like I said, it started in May. We announced the partnership in May of the eyewear dispensing program. We did some testing with a small group of providers from July to September, about 250 locations. Um, the portal, as you know, when you do anything like this, um, it's a big endeavor. You have, you know, Davis Vision, uh, uh, ECPs, for example, have used the same portal for 20 plus years. So to, to change that in, you know, whether it's six months, nine months, a year period is, is a big endeavor. And I'd say, unfortunately, it hasn't gone exactly as we had hoped. We'd like as little noise as possible, as little bugs as possible in the portal. And, and those things have happened. And so um, just addressing each one, I mean, I talked about some of the labs, the lag jobs. Uh, we've removed those labs from, from the program. So we're trying to eliminate any noise around remakes or redos. Uh, the portal itself has gone through multiple releases. So just like you get your iPhone updates every you know few months, um, and then when you get them, you're like, oh, this iOS 13 is not great, and I don't like it, and I don't know how to do this or that. We have a lot of that. So we have a lot of um, upgrades that we've done to it. It's We built it based off of looking at the best of the best and then hoped to make ours even better so it would be the best in the marketplace. Um, but again, like those upgrades, you find bugs, you find fixes you need to make. So we've made multiple releases. We had another release yesterday, actually, that um, solve some of the issues that some folks were having around frame only and things like that that you see posted. So we're listening to the providers. We're getting feedback directly from the providers that were in this test market or are, we're doing some webinars now. Um, I, I'll make sure I put a plug to where you can get the training materials. But okay. um, we're, doing, we're doing all those things to upgrade the portal and make sure it's the best in class. The phones, so we'll address that directly is we had more calls than we anticipated. We thought, you know, the training materials that were out there would help and the guides to help people get through the portal, but people just like the call, right? They like to be walked through it. You know, I don't know how to do something on my iPhone. I asked my nephew because he, he, he'll know how to do it. Um, so that's what's happening. And so we're ramping up the call center as quickly as humanly possible. We've, uh, added significant associates in the call center. 
we are adding more each week. Um, so by the time we hit the new year, we would have tripled our staff um, for provider calls specifically. And um, th that is very important to us. We want to answer those calls. We feel terrible about the position that we're in right now. We're, we're adding, adding, adding. Um, you know, Dr. Brill mentioned earlier that, you know, um, you know, you have somebody that's answering the phone that's a call center rep that might not know the intricacies of a, of a lens. So we have those people coming on and they're trained, trained, trained uh, for Okay, weeks. so they, they, they have some formal optical training and they can answer some questions. Yes, well, they go through a rigorous training process and they're actually, there's even testing involved good, uh, before good. they can hit the floor. I mean, okay. even, then, even then they have to have some experience talking live to the, to the ECPs or the office managers to really understand the needs. Okay, so for people experiencing bottlenecks right now or just impatience to get some type of order done with you, what should they be doing? Should they keep continuing to call? Should they be emailing? Should they give up? Um, no, they shouldn't give up. <laughs> um, they shouldn't give up, but we have, um, they should go to their training. We, we see probably 50% of the calls because we track these obviously 50% of the calls are educational things on the new portal. So okay. how do I log in? How do I pick a different lab? Um, how do I place a patient owned frame order? Things like that. So we, what we've done is on our training hub, um, which you can go to versonhealth.com backslash training, and then all the training materials, the videos, the, the user guides are all located there. So we have specific videos for each of the needs. And what we did recently for the past two weeks, we've been doing webinars probably four a day, every day, and they cover the different topics. So how do I do a redo remake? How do I do a patient on frame? Some of the things I've already mentioned. Those are recorded too? They're so somebody recorded. can plug it in. Yes, they're recorded and we're taking live questions from people um, and we're responding to those questions. There's a, a questions and answers uh, section now that's on the portal, so that's new on the training hub. It has all the answers to the questions that providers asked during those webinars. So, okay, good. That's yeah. good. Well, who knew? So, Right. I mean, it's something we've done just the last two weeks. We've had you know, probably you know, 500 providers that have, or office staff that have attended. We'd love to have a lot more. We have capacity to hold as many uh, as possible. Our, our uh, CEO of the company says we will continue to do webinars for as long as we need to. So we have them even during the holiday week. We're going to do one a day. Um, during the holiday week, but then we're going to continue on into January for as long what as What time are those held? Um, they're different times, but the, the yeah. link has the schedule out there. So we tried to make it flexible to have one in the morning, uh, one around one or two, uh, one late afternoon and one in the evening to try to accommodate okay. any office. So, so you have inside reps. Do you have outside field representatives that can you know, talk to a, a region or, you know, help some in-office training at all? Um, absolutely. We have a handful of folks that are in the field right now because of the call volume. We're trying to use them to help um, return provider calls to field calls that are coming in while we're ramping up the, the call center even more. Um, but yes, their normal job would be to uh, be in the field and visiting provider offices, um, helping with whatever, whatever is necessary. They're still doing both now. <laughs> okay. And now a short break from our sponsor, Entrepreneur, the podcast that sponsors itself. 
we're here to let you know that we have a new 24-7 eye care hotline. Text Dr. Brill or Perry and ask them any question you have, business, medical, clinical advice, or you just want to vent. 913-660-2855. Send us messages anytime. We're not annoyed. We're just annoyed by kids screaming on an airplane. Back to the show. Now, are your are all your efforts? It's not it's like you're doing trying to do a Herculean task here in a very short time. But uh, is Versant on the market? I mean, I, I've kind of heard rumors that Versant Health is on the marketplace for purchase. Is that just a uh, rumor, or is that is there something to that? Well, I think that I think that the, we are um, a growing company, right? We're investing millions of dollars in ourselves, so. The industry, as you know, is consolidating and people are buying people every other day. So I'd say um, it could happen. But the, the point I think I would make is that we've invested probably $40 million over the last year okay. and continue to invest in our growth. So to me, it's whether people consolidate or not, the industry is a growing industry and we're looking forward to growing into the future and take, moving up from that three spot. Are you guys are you guys private equity owned? Um, today we are. Okay, I see. So there's a I think eight percent of private practices are owned by private equity right now. So so Scott, um, I want to get into um, alleviating other bottlenecks in offices. So one of them is uh, it was this really outdated system of sending what's called a paper check. You might have heard of those to our office <laughs> for reimbursement. Are you guys going to have electronic fund transfer in? The second part of the question, are you going to make reading your explanation of payments to providers <laughs> easy to read? <laughs> yes and yes. Um, one, I'm surprised you haven't been notified of the EFT yet. So that has gone out. Um, we offer that now and we sent communication out to the providers. So um, if you don't have that, please let me know after this call and I'll get you the information. So we're absolutely doing that. Um, we, When you roll that out, obviously there's a different explanation of payment that you have that comes with it. We've gotten some feedback that that could still be a little clearer. So we're working on that and we've actually made some material changes there as well. So well, it's just been, I don't know why just managed care in the past just has to, has to be in a foreign language. And I think it should be just very clear. Here's what you're paid. Here's your lab bill. Here's the patient copay, you know, super, super easy on a, you know, type spreadsheet type style. And what's, totally more, agree. and what's more, um, do the patients ever get an explanation of benefits from Burson Health? They do. Let's say, I'm just making this up. Let's say you go to a surgeon, they charge $2,000 for a surgery, get paid $500. The patient sees, wow, the surgeon took a $1,500 hit just for my insurance. And that's how insurance works, uh, you know, because you're mainly buying the, the discount of the service. Mm -hmm. So I, as a patient, I'd be less likely to complain. I think, man, I, you know, the doc only got $500 out of the 2000 and really took a $1,500 hit for me. So I'm not going to bitch and moan too much because we hear from a lot of people like we're well, sopping up the gravy on all this stuff. Like they think we're actually getting paid what we're, what we're charging. They know they're, they're only paying a certain amount, but they think everything is an indemnity plan and that we're getting paid the full price yeah. on it. I think no, they'd be more appreciative of our service and our materials if they knew, no, this is, uh, you're getting the deepest possible discount by taking, you know, the Burson Health plans. 
No, our EOBs are exactly like you described. They mirror exactly what happens in medical and dental. So it does show that you're not keeping the difference between their benefit and that you're taking a discounted rate. So yes, it, it, that is on the EOB. So it says provide a write-off or something yep. like that. Yep. I see. Well, Perry, uh, I think we probably should try to wrap things up. There's probably a lot of people that uh, have enjoyed this program and the explanations and the transparency. We certainly appreciate your uh, involvement and going out on the plank, so to speak, and taking our questions here. Are there things that, that we haven't covered that you would like our listeners to know? And perhaps tell us what you think is some um, out in the future for your plans and some good news. Yeah, I think a couple things um, that, I, that I, would, I would say is that, again, we're, 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 we, we understand the needs of the eye care professional and we are working to progress the portal, any lab turnaround time issues, any answering of calls issues daily. It is the company's number one focus. We are doing some good things. There's you know, 200,000 transactions that have gone through the new portal. Um, there, the turnaround time is as we expected with our partner Essler for those jobs that have gone through. So there is some positive things with that and we will get there um, quickly. Um, I think the other things I would mention are just, you know, some things that we're proud of as an organization is our community outreach. Um, we are a huge partner of vision to learn for kids. Um, we do corporate contributions as well as uh, we just had an opportunity, opportunity to do some individual contributions through our associates. So that's something we're really happy to be a part, part of um, advocate for uh, women in leadership. We are the sponsor. We did a sponsorship about six months ago. And we have another one coming up in Florida in January. So that's been a really big event for us, um, really positive. So we're excited about that coming up in January in Florida. So those are a couple things I would say. Um, as an industry, I think we're excited about 2020, right? I think it's a great opportunity for us to partner, especially with the independent eye care professionals on driving the importance of an eye exam. I know, you know, there's, you know, think about your eyes and all these other entities that have always focused on that, but I think it's a good opportunity for us with no affiliations um, to really partner with you, the ECPs, to drive the, the wellness, the importance of a wellness exam. Okay, so now you mentioned vision to learn. Is that the same thing as see to learn? Um, no, vision to learn is um, 325 cities across the U.S. helping kids with exams and glasses. Oh, so it's a charitable Yes. You know, I have one more thing that popped in my head. Um, are you guys still doing uh, the Davis, wonderful Davis Vision Tower? <laughs> or is that kind of gone by the wayside? Um, yes, we are still uh, doing the Davis Vision collection. Um, <laughs> it, has a it has a specific need, right? It keeps, um, um, it, it has a market for it. Um, it might, you know, your practice might not be the perfect market for it, but um, it is very well used um, for we have a lot of Medicaid business so yes yeah um, it's it's very well used there um, about 40% of our commercial business uses it as well so that's interesting customer, it's right um, I, th I think the main thing we're doing with the collection uh, similar to the uh, eyewear dispensing program is that we're over time it's transitioned right it's gotten better and better and better every year um, does, it's getting better design wise or quality of the frames or are they um, stylish or uh, the, from a frame, from a frame selection standpoint. Okay. Uh, but we, what we want to do um, is even make that 
more opportunity for the providers there, more choice of the frame versus here's your frames, right? Because uh, yes. not every, not every uh, one module will not fit every practice, right? If you have a right. higher end practice, you might want to have you know, more of this product versus that product. So we're working on that right now, actually, with the new merchandiser um, to switch that over to the new merchandiser first and then give the providers uh, more opportunity to uh, be part of what's choosing going in their specific uh, location. We have a lot of them in the market, so that'll take time to, to change, but that is a focus in 2020 for sure. Great. Um, Vision Expo is coming up in March. Are you guys going to be there or what's your stance there? Uh, I think our plan is to be there. We were at uh, West uh, back in whatever it was, September, October. Uh, we plan to be there in New York in March. Okay, great. Um, so if Scott, we appreciate you being on here and taking the stage. Uh, we, we we look at managed care and corporations just in eye care just as these behemoths and they don't have any humans behind them. So we appreciate you coming on. This is the most important thing we're working on is making sure the, the ECPs have a great experience. The, the number one thing they've always wanted from us is ease of administration. And this change is to get that ease of administration. It's bumpy, but we will get there. And at the end, it will be a better experience for both the ECPs and the patients. All right. Well, wonderful. Uh, thanks so much to uh, Scott and everybody at Versa Health. And um, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. You too. Thank you for Thank your time. You. Thanks for having us on. Our pleasure. This brings us to the end of another episode of Entrepreneur, the podcast for Wizards of Eyes. Go ahead and click over to our website, entrepreneur.com, or head over to Facebook to join our special Facebook group, Entrepreneur. See you there.